You're listening to Bodyful, a podcast that explores the wonder and complexities of living in this human form and how we can engage in an ongoing practice of bodyfulness to become more fully at home in ourselves and in the interconnected web of Gaia, the living earth. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and I'm the founder of the Gaia Center for Embodied Healing, where we support folks in their growth and healing work with somatic psychotherapy and embodiment practices. We hear all the time about the importance of being mindful, and it's time to invite our bodies to the party. Welcome to Bodyful. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I am so excited for you to meet today's guest. I met Tia Kenyal Maynard just a few months ago in my Skill in Action 300-hour teacher training that is being led and hosted by Michelle Johnson, who's going to be a future podcast guest, and I can't wait to talk with her as well. Tia is just one of those people where She might know a lot, but it's not even what she knows. It's her presence that makes such an impact on you. And I know that all of us who were in that training together felt that and were changed by our time that we had with Tia, which is why I knew that I had to bring her into this format because so much of her work, not just as a yoga teacher, but as a human is about embodiment and body liberation. So... I am super excited for you to meet her. I think I was telling Tia before we started recording, she had not done the Enneagram and I was like, I'm not typing you, but I think I sniff a fellow seven because she does all the things and it's so exciting for me to see all the things that she is up to, which you'll hear about many of them in this conversation. Um, Let me tell you a little bit more about her. Tia Kenyal Maynard is an inner space tailor, you'll hear about what that means, yoga teacher, author, designer, and so much more. She helps her clients and students learn how to adorn themselves from within by teaching them sustainable tools to facilitate their own healing. She loves adorning herself in beautiful garments, creating sacred living and workspaces, cooking and eating delicious foods, practicing rest as rebellion, writing, spending time in the woods, embodying liberation, exploring her sexual freedom as it relates to yoga and being a black woman, and giving and receiving love. You can find all of Tia's offerings linked in her Instagram profile at Tia Keneal, that's T-I-Y-A-C-A-N-I-E-L, including but not limited to her Sacred Self-Love Society, her ebook, Indigo Andy Shop, her OnlyFans page, and the Sanctuary in the City nonprofit work she does. Head to her website, tiakeneal.com, to learn more about how you can work with Tia and support the amazing things that she brings into the world. All right, let's get into our conversation with Tia Keneal Maynard. Well, before we drop into the conversation, we're going to drop into our bodies for just a moment, kind of wake up our senses. So you can either allow your eyes to close or find that soft gaze and just settle in. And you may have already done this on your own, but we'll do it together for just a moment. Just sensing the natural rhythm of your breath. Feeling that breath flowing in, releasing out. And just greeting whatever is showing up for you this morning in your body, your heart, your mind. Taking a moment to notice what's there. If there's anything that's gripping, you can invite it to release. Just one more full breath. Mm. 
When you're ready, just blinking the eyes open. I opened my eyes and saw your hand anchored on your heart there. Can you tell us a little bit about just what you noticed? What's present for you this morning? Um, my heart is feeling full and um, there's some excited, nervous energy um, as I go test drive a car today. <laughs> um, something I've been manifesting for myself. Um, uh, that's really it. Like I, like in terms of how I feel in my body, I feel good. I feel strong. I feel present. Um, and then spirit feels light <laughs> mm -hmm. and just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Just that energy. <laughs> yeah. So I know for you, and I asked, uh, kind of in the, the prep questions, some of the practices that you lean into just for self-care and embodiment. So meditation, therapy, asana, I know are things that are really core to that. Is there anything you want to share with us um, just about what practices are important for you on a regular basis and why? Um, most of my practices, if not all, are centered around connecting with my joy. Mm. Um, even, even a rigorous asana practice is centered around that. Um, also, on a daily basis, I do things that help me embody joy. I believe that joy is our natural state of being. Um, I believe that joy is also enlightenment, bliss, samadhi, uh, peace, ease, ultimately um, liberation, mm. right? And so I do things like self-pleasure. So I masturbate often. That's one of the practices that I do um, to lean into joy and pleasure mm. um, and also to bring a different level of body awareness that maybe I don't find with asana. Mm. Um, I take a lot of naps. That's like a, that is a practice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a very um, deliberate practice. Um, yes, meditation, journaling hmm. every day. And I'm in the practice of reading. I don't know what to call it. I wrote this passage and it's kind of like, um, it's a tool that I'm using to help myself manifest things that I really want mm -hmm. and, and to really like deliberately create the life that I want for myself. Um, and so I read that every, every morning, very enthusiastically. <laughs> Love it. Um, and I guess that's it. There are probably other things that I do, mm -hmm. um, that I'm not necessarily like thinking of in this moment, Yeah, but yeah. Well, all that is so powerful. And I loved how you just said, like, it's all, aligned and anchored in joy and that and all of those kind of things that are radiate out from that as you described like enlightenment samadhi liberation like just that that's the guiding force of what your practice is about yes mm -hmm. and one thing, I mean, there's so many things that I think are just beautiful and fascinating about you, but I love your how on your bio you call yourself an inner stylist. So tell us what an inner stylist is. Um, okay, so yes, I'm an inner space stylist. Um, I've been playing around or exploring uh, 
the practice of adornment mm. um, and not just as a way to like decorate the outsides or enhance the outside or outward appearance, but really like helping people adorn their inner spaces. Um, and essentially in a nutshell, it is how I choose to share the practice of yoga with people. Um, I, I focus more heavily on like yoga philosophy and ethics and how they are actually very relatable to real life, um, and help people learn how to apply them to their real lives and what happens naturally is they begin to shift the way that they view themselves right because they are beginning to enhance their inner spaces with other things with new uh practices and ideas mm -hmm. and broaden the scope of what's possible for themselves which obviously is going to um, affect the ways that they move through the world and interact with other people mm. also. Um, and so to be an inner space stylist essentially is like it's being a yoga teacher um, when you're sharing the full practice of yoga, not just asana. It's being a life coach or a mentor, right? Or offering intuitive guidance, like um, essentially these are things that I do and I just, I really like the idea of like helping people style their inner space, um, and adorn their inner spaces with things that are beautiful and sustainable and help bring them, um, closer to liberation. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. I'm a, a therapist too. And so I'm also really drawn to that that inner part of yoga, but I would never would have thought of that as really you're an inner space stylist and helping people figure out what that inner adornment looks like for them. So I just really love that. I think that is such a, a powerful and unique perspective on it and way to share yoga. Um, you mentioned a minute ago, journaling too, as kind of a daily part of kind of your inner adornment practice. And mm -hmm. um, I wanted to call attention to your ebook on, which is called Balance and Align, Exploring the Subtle Energies. And I'll share links to that in the show notes. But um, it's based in the chakras and in the training that I um, got to take with you for, for the skill and action training, you, you were guiding us through the chakras. And I have done bukus of different like chakra books and trainings and stuff and they're all good in their own ways but you just took us to another place entirely <laughs> with that and then you like you know made your whole ebook in alignment with that it it's just so powerful and uh, you know to share with anyone who's somewhat familiar with chakras and you can maybe give us the one, the short 101, but you know, any kind of chakra book, you're going to get like, here's what this chakra means. Here's the correspondences of like herbs and oils and crystals and all that to work with that. So you, you do that in a really beautiful way. But then I think worth more than the price of the whole book is just the shadow work journaling questions. And that's like, really, I think what as you guiding us through that and and having the discussion and sharing your own stories is what made that such a rich experience for us um mm. so and, and i'm i'm going to share one of the questions just as an example so people get a, a taste of it but i would love for you to just talk about like what really drew you to that part of sort of yoga philosophy what do you love about the chakras and and anything else you want to tell us about your book Mm. So in 2016, I went through my yoga teacher training and I, I did it through Asheville Yoga Center, which was a great program, um, and got my 200 hour certification. I had heard about chakras and had like very minimal 
awareness of what they were. And when it was time for that portion in the training, I was really excited because even before I was aware of what they were, I would, so I love to thrift, right? I absolutely love to thrift and clothing and books are my thing. Like, (laughs) and I would pick up Reiki books before I was fully aware of energy and energy work and all this stuff, but I was just naturally drawn to them. So in yoga teacher training, when I learned that we were going to be exploring the chakras, these energy centers, I was like, Ooh, yes. Like I'm ready. Well, I was so disappointed in that, in that um, module because the person who taught was really talking about the chakras as though he wasn't completely convinced that they exist. Mm. And it was so bizarre because I was like, how are you supposed to be the master teacher of this? <laughs> but you're sitting here because I remember one of my one of my classmates asked, like, oh, are there any books that you can recommend? And he was kind of like, I mean, not really, but huh. here's a couple. Like, it was just really bizarre. Mm. And I kept looking around like, does anybody else think this is strange? (laughs) But nobody said anything. So I was just like, okay. But it left me wanting so much more, Mm. right? And so, and then in addition to that, to my time there, my master teacher, my main teacher, Kimberly Perrier, who is amazing. I just love her so much. When it was my turn to observe um, her teach, it was her teaching a restorative to my classmates. Mm. And at first I was really angry. Like I was like, because first of all, I was going through a three-week intensive. It was a three-week immersion Mm. program. That means physically (laughs) I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. I needed a restorative class. My body was begging for it. And then on the day that I'm supposed to just observe, not participate, I don't get to take the restorative class from Kimberly. And I was hot. (laughs) I was so mad. And so I was like, this is some bullshit. Like, (laughs) I wanted to take this restorative class. But then spirit was like, you need to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. And so I paid attention and realized that she was doing energy work on my classmates. And so that just sparked even more like, oh, I want to learn more about working with energy, this, that, and the third. Um, And so fast forward to after yoga teacher training, I'm beginning to teach and doing my own independent study, which I do a lot of independent study. Um. And so I start reading different books and then I learn about shadow work. So then I'm reading about shadow work and I'm like, what is really the difference between chakra energy work and shadow work really? Mm. Like, because in what I have found most of the time, chakra energy work is presented as this more superficial work, right? with the oils and the foods and the crystals and stuff. And all those things are relevant. And also though, when we're talking about the energy centers within our bodies and the fact that these energy centers actually hold data from the time of conception until we die, they store data from all of our experiences. It's like, Mm, you got to go deeper than that. Mm. That means like you have to start asking yourself some really serious, deep questions to begin to explore um, how you can release things that you've been holding on to, how you can be more open to love or open to into like following your intuition how can you really boost your self-esteem and your confidence working with your solar plexus chakra energy like it's it's beyond what we what a lot of people tell us that it is like it's so it's shadow work Mm -hmm. it's shadow work it just really is and so when i realized like well and again this is just my interpretation 
I'm not going to be like, this is the end all be all. My interpretation is that shadow work and chakra energy work are the same. Mm -hmm. And so when you're doing shadow work and you're addressing these parts of yourself that are considered to be less appealing when you are really like standing face to face and confronting your own fuckery and like getting to the root of why you made these fuck decisions and or whatnot like figuring out how to navigate that release what you need to release like release the guilt and shame and come to a level of acceptance naturally that's going to help like clear mm -hmm. and balance and align your chakras naturally because you're releasing those things and you're starting to come to a different level of acceptance of self. So naturally that's going to make you more open and like balanced and, and it's going to allow your prana or life force to flow freely. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you like get into like, you know, Kundalini and like, all of that stuff, right? Um, and really being open and able to receive downloads from the creator, universe, most high source, um, mm -hmm. God, whatever you call it. So, but you can't do that until you really do the work. Like, how can you even trust <laughs> your intuition or be open to what God has to say? How can you really be at a point where you begin to value all life or have compassion mm -hmm. for yourself and other people or like understand that you deserve pleasure and happiness because you exist right how can you get to a point where you feel really stable and grounded in yourself if you haven't actually done the work to really explore know accept and love yourself mm -hmm. and the practice of yoga is going to bring you back to self every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what it does. And so that's what all of this is. Shadow work, chakra energy work is bringing you back to self. It's like, okay, yes, all of these things are going on outside of you. Yes. They do have some effect on you at the end of the day though. How are you going to react? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and so you're going to, you have to say, okay, well, what do I, I need to do like how do I take care of myself what boundaries do I need to set like what decisions do I need to make all of these things are connected mm -hmm. so yeah I just said a lot no it's all <laughs> so good and and I you know just what you're saying about it being sort of one and the same as the shadow work I think that like in our sort of modern especially what Rachel Ricketts calls the wealth and hellness industry, right? The whitewash sort of wellness space. People want to be like, oh, I'm doing my chakra work because I'm using my ruby crystal and I'm, you know, meditating and sending red light to my base of my spine. And like, so I've cleared my chakra and it's like, uh, okay, let me tell you what clearing that chakra really looks like. It means really yes. confronting your shit around money. Like, Am I, oh, no matter how much money I make, I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I'm going into debt or I won't buy myself anything even when I really need it. Like that is chakra work. Like that's confronting the real yes. shit. Yes, exactly. And that's kind of <laughs> like why, you know, it's, it is definitely disheartening to hear that, that your teacher, it sounds like was probably in your program taking just too much of like a rational perspective instead of like, I like Ken Wilber's kind of like trans rational, like, no, no one's saying that you literally must imagine this, that there is an actual spinning wheel of light inside your body. Like we could cut you open. We're not going to see that shit. Right. But, right. But if you're willing to take that perspective of like, this is a map of the, the multidimensionality of being a human being in this world and if we allow ourselves to kind of go through these seven pieces of this map and confront those issues, like you said, then you're going to feel clear um, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You don't need to call it chakra work, but that's, you know, it's kind of synonymous. Right. Right. And I mean, the t he was a great teacher. Like he's also a really phenomenal meditation teacher. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and maybe they just couldn't get somebody else to teach on, on the chocolates. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But he did take a very like rational, intellectual mm-hmm. approach. And I was just like, this ain't, no, no, this can't be it. Like there has to be more, yeah. right? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the questions that you posed um, to our group was for the crown chakra, if I were not limited by my body, mind, or social constructs, who would I be? And I'm just like letting that question sit for a moment because it's just, it's the kind of question that when you hear it, everything just kind of stops and your mind just goes like, I don't fucking know. Like (laughs) you really have to sit with it and go in and yeah. And it's just, so I think the questions like that, and that's, it makes me just think of the idea of, you know, when you're getting to know yourself or you're doing your work, it's just ask better questions. And that is such a good question because it really confronts us on so many levels. So I'm, I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot as far as like, answer that question right now, like <laughs> completely and thoroughly and give us the objective. Cause there is no one objective answer, but I'm curious just what comes up for you you know, that question that I know you sit with so often just as part of your practice, what comes up for you with that question right now? Mm. Um, at this time, it, it makes me really explore my identity as a woman right now. And what that means if I identify as a woman like what privilege what privileges come because I'm identifying as a woman you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like because we're talking about social constructs and I'm and I wonder it's I mean I I go down a rabbit hole um (laughs) is is womanhood a social construct like what determines that I'm a woman? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What exactly determines that? Um, and then to go, you know, kind of in the other direction of like just imagining who I am. If I if I am not bound by anything, then like what am I? Light? pure energy, um, power. I am formless or unable to be boxed in. Um, I am exactly what I aspire to be every day. Like, liberated um love hope yeah Mm -hmm. things like that come to mind yeah and part of what i love about the way that you ask questions like that and and answer them is like you're not saying all of that and then just being like, so social constructs have no bearing whatsoever on my life. And like, if I'm just liberated and light and love, then everyone is. And it's, everything is great. Like the whole spiritual bypass thing, like you can hold that truth of that, that you are a liberated being and simultaneously acknowledge the truth of systemic racism and, and, all of, as you would say, the fuckery that is going on, like those things are not mutually exclusive to be true. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how you see, cause I, you know, I think of you and your radical kind of owning of your, your body and your sexuality. Um, how do you view embodiment or bodyfulness as a part of your sort of radical, um, I don't even know the words I'm looking for, but 
how it connects with like social justice and racial justice and liberation. Cause it's all, it's when I hear you, it all feels like one and the same. Yes. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I have an only fans page, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about how I started, why I started my only fans page. Yeah. I almost two years ago, I went through a divorce. I had been with my ex-husband for 20 years, um, married for 15 of those years. I think we didn't really keep up with (laughs) and the marriage anniversary. We were just like, oh, we've been together for this long. Um, Pretty unconventional as far as couples go, just in the way that we even viewed marriage it just seemed to make sense. It wasn't something that we were both like, oh, let's have a wedding. (laughs) So anyway, um, fast forward, we divorce. Okay, this is a person who I, I love him dearly and also has failed to show up for me in numerous ways. And, um, I got a car, he got me this car and said that basically whatever happened, no matter what, like if I needed help getting something done to the car, he would help me. He is a self-made millionaire. Well, my therapist said actually because I helped him Mm -hmm. make his million, Mm -hmm. he's actually not self-made. So anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. he's a millionaire. I helped him get there. I played a, a part in that, but he, I say that to say he has right now at his disposal um, more resources when it comes to finances than I do, especially two years ago. Okay. Um, so my engine goes out on this car. This was in December of 2019. And at that time, this is pre-COVID. That means I was still running around to various yoga gigs, barely making it, right? I'm living with my mom because I was financially dependent on this person. Um, And so working to establish my financial independence. Mm -hmm. My engine goes out. I call him. He's giving me a hard time, acting like he doesn't want to give me the money for the engine. Mm -hmm asking a lot of questions that obviously I was stressed. I was frustrated. Like I wasn't in a place to be thinking about how the fuck I'm going to pay you back. Like I need this car because this is how I get my money. So I ended the conversation because I was just like, you know what? I'm going to figure it out. Like I don't ask you for shit. I don't even take you to court for alimony when I was well within my right Mm -hmm. to do that. Don't, don't worry about it though. I'll figure it out. And I did. During that time when I was hustling, trying to figure out how I was going to get this money. Um, like before that, I saw other people posting about OnlyFans and I was like, Ooh, OnlyFans, what is it? And I did a little research about it and I was like, huh, this is interesting. Then that happened with the car. And I was like, I need a, another stream of income, something that I can do that's not going to require a lot of a lot of a lot more effort on my part like it needs to easily fit into my current lifestyle not take away from what I do to make money in other ways or whatever right so I decided to start it I like talked to a couple friends and they were like do it you sexy as fuck they were like hyping (laughs) me up you sexy as fuck. Just do it. Just do it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I started it at the beginning of uh, January, 2020. Um, <clears throat> and I did it to bring in more money. And then what I realized is as I was creating content for OnlyFans, I was really enjoying myself. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it was turning me on sexually and also 
it was turning me on energetically and emotionally. Mm. It was allowing, it was like, oh, I have a space to explore this part of me that I hadn't really been free to explore before. And in this space, I feel very safe because I decide what kind of content I'm going to make. I set the price. I decide how much I'm going to get paid. Um, it feels very empowering. Yeah. And as a black, as a person who identifies as a black woman who is not straight, I guess that makes me queer. <laughs> I don't really get into labels like that. Um, it felt really good to create in this way. And I was not expecting it. And you're like, I just need to make some cash. <laughs> yeah, that was the initial mm -hmm. thing. And I remember at first thinking, shit, is this going to, is this going to compromise the integrity of my yoga mm -hmm. practice? Like that was a really serious question that I was asking myself and like asking, um, one of my good friends, my kindred, who is also a phenomenal yoga teacher, like, what do you think about this? Does, how does this affect, like, does this compromise my yoga mm -hmm. practice? And she was like, no. And she broke it down. I can't even remember what she said, but it made sense. And and to my logic, like, it's it made sense and it still makes sense. This is me leaning into joy. Mm -hmm. This is me... Um, leaning into being a liberated person and doing things despite what people have to say or think about it. Because to my knowledge, I know I've lost one opportunity to, to teach for a very large um, organization or corporation, like very large, very well-known brand. And it was because I had, I had on my website that I had an OnlyFans page. And because of that, essentially, they um, questioned my professionalism. Mm. And I thought that was laughable mm -hmm. um, because what they don't know about me is that I've been an entrepreneur and self-employed since 2010. I haven't worked for anybody except once. And that was part-time for my friend who is a black therapist. She needed somebody to answer her phones and like do billing stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like three or four hours out of the week, but for the, for everything else, like I've been self-employed since 2010 mm -hmm. building a brand. I know how to build a brand. I know how to run businesses. I've done it. Like I've created logos. I've had a clothing, like, professionalism right laughable. yeah because i because i choose to do things in the nude or because i choose to tap into my sexuality but it's fine um i'm okay with that like i'm okay yeah. with with people i'm okay with showing up authentically as myself yep. and saying okay here i am and if somebody's like we don't want you i'm like bet i'm okay yep yeah, like you're gonna I, miss out on some it. quote unquote opportunities, but if it if the cost is your integrity and your ability to be your whole self, like that is not an opportunity that you that is worth it. <laughs> Valerie, I'm gonna say this, and I keep telling people this, and I can't stress it enough. When we're talking about finding ease, tapping into ease, because here's the thing. Like, I know we live in a society where we have to make money to live because that's what we all mm -hmm. agree to, which is bullshit. Mm -hmm. But this is what we agree to. If I got to do that, then I want to do it with as much ease as possible. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen, I've already seen what it looks like for Black women to work hard all of their lives and where it gets them in some places. And I'm just saying, I'm looking at my own family. Mm -hmm. Black women beautiful, talented, smart, all of the things, still working, some of them, well after the age of retirement because they can't afford to stop. Yep. And they've been working hard. And that ain't what I want for myself. Mm -hmm. um, OnlyFans is the easiest money I've ever made in my life. Mm. And I don't do shit that I'm ashamed of. Amen. I don't do anything that I don't want to do on in 
in anything. This is this is how I'm living my life. I don't do things that I'm, I'm going to regret. And I don't do things that I don't want to do, period. <laughs> I'm done with that. I done did it. I know what it's like. I know what it got me. Mm. I'm good. I am making money constantly. Like I'm looking, <laughs> I got notifications. I just got a tip. I'm talking to you. You <laughs> know what I'm money. Saying? And I just got a tip yeah. on OnlyFans. Because it's like, I put a lot of like, energy into creating good quality content even if it's because everything isn't me masturbating or like having sex with the lover on there a lot of it is like really beautiful pictures of me in the nude or in lingerie or just like i don't know dancing around your kitchen (laughs) dancing around my kitchen like just having fun because the thing is like people want to see what i realized is People want to see a naked woman having a good time, not necessarily having a good time having sex, but just very much connected with her joy, Mm -hmm. um, confident, comfortable in her body. Because I I interact, like I have conversations with people and chat with them, with my fans on a regular basis because I'm collecting data. (laughs) right and getting to know them and getting to know things that they like and it's simple as oh you want to see a video of me painting my toenails you don't care what i have on okay yeah here you want to pick the color let me send you a picture of the colors that i have yeah i picked you pick the color and that's what i and i get paid for that i love it i'm getting paid to do things that i would do anyway yeah and i think that's the key like how can we get paid to do things that we would do for free? Right. Right. <laughs> One of my mentors and friends says, how can I make twice the money and half the time with more joy and ease? And I'm like, that's, that's Tia's <laughs> mantra too. That is me. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And Absolutely. I just, I am like feeling I'm on fire right now because just obviously we know how, puritanical and how just like fucked up our whole cultural messages are around sex, whether it's because of religious stuff or even just in general, the, you know, sexism and shame of, you know, women, especially claiming their sexuality. So then Mm -hmm. we're taught that, you know, well, women who do choose to make money from their sexual, well, they're only doing that because they, they have no other choice. Like, oh, don't you just feel bad for them? And like, and, and they're just being exploited. And it's like, what if we turn the whole thing upside down and shook it out? And we're like, what is really going on here? Like you are in charge of what is happening here. (laughs) It's amazing. It feels, it's, it's liberating. I, I really wasn't expecting this. Mm. I really wasn't. Um, and just the level of um, self-acceptance that I've come to since starting my OnlyFans. And it, ha- and it has very little to do with like people saying, oh, your body is amazing. You're so beautiful, blah, blah, mm. Like that shit feels good. I ain't even gonna <laughs> lie. I'm a Leo, so yes. <laughs> Give me all the words of affirmation. <laughs> I live for that. But more than anything, it's like, wow, I am looking at pictures of myself like, damn, I look pretty good. <laughs> and I'm about to be 40 this year. And I and I joke around, but I'm really serious. I'm just now getting the body that I always wanted. <laughs> now, the body that I wanted in high school and college because I felt like all of my all of my friends were like super curvy. They were already looking like grown women and here I am. I'm super petite. I had maybe a little curve, not a lot. But like it would just be like I always look so much younger. I always thought I I felt like I looked like a little girl and maybe I didn't, but in my mind, I was like, I probably look like a little girl standing next to this curvy ass (laughs) woman right here. But now I'm like, Ooh, here I am 
just breaking into the porn industry Mm -hmm. um, at the ripe age of, I was 38 when I started getting ready to turn 39 and like, it feels good. Mm -hmm. It feels good to be so accepting of myself and, and I'm a rebellious person by nature. Um, it's a solar plexus chakra thing. It really is. I have an issue with authority. Um, I don't like people telling me what to do. And I tend to rebel. And I'll rebel. Sometimes I rebel over ridiculous things. <laughs> and then other times I just rebel because I'm like, fuck that. You know, fuck the system. Uh-huh. Like that kind of rebel. And so this is me saying, fuck the system. Fuck patriarchy. Fuck sexism, mm-hmm. racism, like all of the isms. Um, fuck, you know, ideas about what's sexy and what isn't. I'm learning so much about my own sexuality, my own boundaries, mm-hmm. um, being open. I'm learning about what other people find like desirable and it's hella interesting (laughs) um because one of the things is this is what i found out because i did a poll because you can do polls on on only fans have people you you can have them vote oh a poll yeah 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 Yeah, and so you have them vote on different kind of kinds of content Mm -hmm. they would like to see and like you give them options that they can vote on and the thing that got the most votes was they just wanted to see me do everyday shit naked. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know what? If I wanted to go and watch some like Hollywood produced porn with some random chick who, who I don't have any semblance of what her actual life looks like, I would do that. But for some people, like they're like, no, I want to see a real woman live in her life. Be, you know, being in her body. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Easy money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's you interesting. You mean all gonna do is fold this laundry naked? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, the laundry needs to get folded anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes me think about you know. I'm imagining if anyone's listening, like, oh my gosh, like, is that something I could ever do? Like, I don't think that. And it, obviously, it's every person will decide what feels good for them. I have right. to wonder if like a part of why it's felt like so surprisingly good for you in all of these different ways is because of all the inner work and inner space styling that you'd already done and that you continue to do. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. I, one of my, um, my meditation teacher, John Love, he's amazing. Um, he talks about being energetically prepared to receive whatever it is that you are manifesting. Mm. And I think that because I had already done a a lot of work to process a number of different things that I had experienced when it was time for me to start my OnlyFans, I had already energetically prepared for that. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then as it continues to grow, and and um make way for more abundance i'm con- i'm continually making space for it. and this is actually one of the things that i say in my manifestation thing that i say to myself in the morning is like i'm continually making space for more abundance to flow through and in my life um and so it's like the more the more my following on OnlyFans OnlyFans grows, I feel very prepared to receive what comes with that. Mm. Um, And I know people a lot of times are like, well, do people like say crazy stuff to you? Um, Are they rude or like offensive? And that has not been my experience at all. Yeah. And I imagine if you did ever have an experience like that, like you get to just block that person and move on and keep doing your thing. Exactly. You can block them. um, And there's certain language that you can't use on there anyway, that OnlyFans won't let you use certain words. 
Um, I don't really know what all of them are, but um, yeah. And so sometimes OnlyFans deletes yeah. users. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have to be energetically prepared yep. for for whatever it is that we are um, calling in. Yeah. So I know like a few years ago, I would not have been in a position to to do OnlyFans. Like I just would not have been ready to put myself out there in that way yep. and felt comfortable enough to do it. Um, but thankfully, when the time came, you were ready. You were prepared. I was ready. And okay, what is Indigo Andy? Because I was looking at that link and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Thank you. So Indigo Andy is like my alter ego. Even on OnlyFans, my name is Indigo Andy um, or Indigo Yogi. And I just always loved the name Indigo and I felt like, oh, it needs like a a middle name to go with it, mm-hmm. like something to go with it. And I just like Andy. So there isn't like a major, like a super deep um, meaning behind it. I love the, the name Indigo. I love the mm-hmm. color Indigo. Um, Indigo Andy was a brand that I came up with a few years ago and I was like doing other things under it, like making body butter and, and stuff like that. Um, and then I kind of was like, eh, I don't feel like making body butter mm-hmm. and stuff right now. Like I'm shifting my creative energy into something else. So I just set Indigo Andy to the side, but I already own like the domain name and, and had it registered and all of that stuff. And then it was one of those things where I was like, huh, how can I make some more money with, with, with ease using my creative, um, talents. And I used to have a clothing line with my ex-husband and I designed t-shirts, um, and other things for that brand. And I was like, well, what if I just dip my toe back into graphic design a little bit and see what happens? And I was doing some research and found out about drop shipping Mm. And I found this amazing chick on YouTube and started watching her videos and I, and she just broke it down. And I was like, I'm about to do this. And so <laughs> in about three days, um, maybe three to five days, I had it like up and running. Uh-huh. And so I haven't promoted it heavily yet. I, I still have to like sit down and get work those things out but it's out there it's live obviously um and it is uh the apparel and um right now coffee mugs Mm. the designs are um inspired you know by sex positivity Mm. and black liberation Mm -hmm. and so um i guess you know it's it ain't for everybody. I I realize that. You know, I have a shirt that says "liberated as fuck." Everybody's not gonna feel comfortable wearing that. Um, there's another I one. I think I need to buy that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one that says um, "pussy for the people." Mm. Sex work is good ass work. Mm. Um, there's another one that's pro ho. H e a u x, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> love it's it. The double entendre. Yes. Um, so you know, it's not for everybody. It's definitely very like niche. Yeah. Um, but I like it, and so yes. I was like, I'm just gonna put these out here, and people can buy them or not. It's fine, but it's a it's a way for me to like get out some of this um creativity that i have swirling yes i love it and i think they're gorgeous i was just looking at i'm gonna have to go get liberated as fuck (laughs) for sure but thank you um yeah and i was just smiling because before we started recording i was telling you i'm like we're kindred spirits like i have an idea you know, in the morning and by the nighttime, I've purchased the domain, designed the logo, launched it. Like, here we go. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> we doing it. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly. Yeah. I love same. that. And, and then you also have, we got to talk about the sacred self-love society. So uh, tell us a little bit about kind of what that is. Um, and 
what you're offering in that space, which I'm a part of, and it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, the Sacred Self-Love Society is another one of those ideas that I had um, last year, actually, like in the summer, I think. Um I decided that it would be dope to create a virtual community, um, like a, a virtual sacred safe space or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and just share like different, a place where I could share different things. I'm a person, I like to share things with people. <laughs> um, like when I'm experiencing things, I want to, let's do this together. Yep. Let's you know, and so um, I share recipes, I share about mantras, I share like different um, self-exploration exercises that I've used, like um, epiphanies. I think one of my most recent posts, I talked about a dream that I had about my ex-husband and I had an epiphany from that dream and I, I just immediately went in mm-hmm. and like wrote about it in the Sacred Self-Love Society. But essentially it's a membership. It's um, something that people pay a subscription to, a monthly subscription. And the subscription rates are $5.55, Um And no matter which one you choose, you still get access to the same amount of content. Um, and it's a way to like make things accessible, um, and equitable. Mm -hmm. So people don't miss out on something just because they can't like afford to pay for the higher price. And so I encourage people to pay whatever it feels accessible to them. Um, also keeping in mind, this is a way that I make a living. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you can, and you're moved to pay more. If not, that's fine too. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, it's a virtual community. I'm actually um, <clears throat> getting ready to like really dive into that. Cool. Um, and I want to start, I was offering asana classes, like live asana, asana classes, but nobody was showing up. Yeah, that's the hard part so, with like live stuff. Yeah, but I have started um, like doing, like offering links to recorded classes that I've that I've been doing. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff up there. I share playlists, um, books, food stuff, I, I recipes. Yeah, like recipes, all kinds of stuff is is up there. It's like a it's just, oh, these are things that I like. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, I made this. This is how I made it. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and so I'm hoping that it's, it's hard for me to gauge because I don't really know what the, like if people are, I mean, I can see when people like get on there yeah. and do things. And I, I'm sometimes like, oh, I don't think people are really getting on this. It could be one of those things where it's like a gym membership for people. And they're like, <laughs> I like to know that I have it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm not necessarily like getting on there, yeah. which is fine. Um, I'm just thinking I'm in the process of like thinking yeah. of other things yeah. that I can do with it. And communities are so challenging, I feel like, because it's like what I hear so many times and what I've experienced is like, well, you just got to do a Facebook group and like have your paid community there. You got to do Patreon, like go where people already are and they're just not going to go somewhere else. And then, you know, people will be like, well, I hate that. And so I'm going to go start my own little mighty network or whatever. And then yeah. they're like, this is great, but people aren't actually coming to it. And it, it's just, yeah, ebbing and flowing. And, and I think the best thing about, you know, people like you and me is like just willingness to be adaptable and, and try things out and be like, uh, now we're going to shift it a little bit. We're going to try this. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cause I mean, that's what life is about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we often cause our own suffering when we hold like resistance 
and we like are holding on to a thing even though it's not quite working out and we're like no because i just i said i was gonna do this this. (laughs) yes and it's like actually you don't have to (laughs) you can you can shift and pivot and and do something else it's okay Mm -hmm. it's it's really okay yeah amen (laughs) you have permission to change your mind you have you know all of that is so true Yes. Well, I guess maybe the last thing I want to ask about is food, because I know that that is a big passion of yours. And one thing I'll I'll throw out, and I'll put, try to remember to put this in the show notes, when I was looking at your Instagram, I saw one of your recent posts was for um, this toffee from Voodoo Sweets. And yes. I am like, uh, please let me go and order like five pounds of this stuff, because I love toffee. And I've been vegan for almost five years. And so I don't you know, stuff I can buy in the store. I can't just buy that. So like, I am so grateful for you sharing things like that. Cause now I'm like, well, great. Now I can go support this woman's business and buy her toffee and eat it all. And it's just, that's a big source of my joy is food. Yes. Um, first of all, that toffee is amazing. <laughs> put, I, oh, put it in your coffee. If you drink oh. coffee, like put in your coffee, listen (laughs) it's just so good like and i know it's infused and i just be i just have the bag and i'm just like i don't care (laughs) i know i'm about to be high as hell i do not care i'm just gonna eat it like it's regular candy because it just tastes so good um yeah food is a huge part of my sacred self-love practice um and what I'm realizing is I've had issues with food, not necessarily like in terms of from the perspective of like having um, like, what is it called? Eating disorder body stuff or body dysmorphia or. Yeah, yeah. Like not from that perspective, but I think that because there were times when growing up, there would be like these times when my parents would be in between paychecks Mm-hmm. And the cover covers would be like, oh, we just bought the, we got carrots and we have mustard. Let's see what happens when we dip carrots into mustard. Yeah, and I mean, just some literally, food I insecurity. Ate that. Yeah, yes. And so there were times when, when I was younger, I would overeat mm-hmm. a lot to the point where I would get sick. Um, but. In general, I really love food. I think it's amazing. Um, And I noticed that the very first time I went vegan, it was very unhealthy Mm. because I was judging myself very harshly for just because I wanted to eat things that were not vegan. Not Mm. because I was actually eating them, but just just because I wanted to. And I would be like beating myself up mm. um, and feeling guilty. And I was like, ooh, this isn't healthy. I need to like not be so strict on mm-hmm. myself. And so what is important for me is that I listen to my body and I eat things that I enjoy that have some sort of nutritional value. Sometimes they don't, though, and I'm OK with play that. food. We got to so- have our play food, too. Yeah, like I don't really, again, it's one of those things where I don't hold myself to a label when it comes to my eating. Um, And so I will say that I'm mostly plant-based, but I'm not really strict about that Mm -hmm. because if I travel somewhere um, and there's a restaurant that I really want to try and it's not vegan and they don't really have vegan options, but they have other things that sound really amazing, I'm gonna vow. I'm just gonna go for what's what sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to experience that, and it's it's really about. This is where the self love practice comes into play. It's about the experience. It's about the allowing myself to experience pleasure mm-hmm. and savor, and be in that right. Mm-hmm. Be in that that pleasurable moment because I deserve it. And that's what food is for me. It's like, 
when I say I love food, I real I know like yes, I have an emotional psychological yeah. attachment to food. I'm very aware of this. Yeah. Um and also it's healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not this bullshit of like, oh, well, you don't need to live to eat. You need to eat to live. Like food is just fuel. It's no, food is can be joy and pleasure and aliveness. Yes. And fuel at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if that. I'm if I'm fueling myself with something, I want it to taste good. I want it to, I want to feel good when I'm eating it. Um I want it to be something that I'm just like raving about. Mhm. Why not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, this has been so much fun. And I, like I said, I'll share all the links to all the things that you are up to. And there's so much goodness. And I just can't wait to see what you continue to do. Is there anything else that you really want to highlight or make people make sure people see or anything you want to share? Um, well, get my book. Yeah. Balance in the line. Um, it's, it's great. I'm really proud of it. It's my first um, published book ever. Um, Definitely shop Indigo Andy. Um, I'm currently writing a mantras book. Mm. I don't have a date. I don't have a date for that yet, but definitely stay tuned. Um, Also, I I think I'm going to start a, Oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm starting a brand that's inspired by my cat called Calico Dreaming. Oh my it's God. It's only going to be cat things. My face so, right now for people who aren't watching the video, my jaw dropped because I, I'm unapologetically a cat lady. I have three cats and no children, just cats. Yeah. Um, so I, I cannot I'm wait really, for this. <laughs> I'm excited because I'm tired of seeing stores that are only for dogs. And I don't really see like things that are just for cats. And so this is going to be things like, you know, cat things like cat inspired t-shirts and coffee mugs and stuff like that. And also if you need a litter box or a collar or whatever for your cat, that'll be available too. Um, Yeah. So I'm doing that. And then the major thing is I'm writing a book called Adornment Mm. and I'm actually producing a whole program which, cause I'm, I'm changing the way that I'm sharing the practice of yoga with people. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing is the adornment experience. Um, and I'll have this adornment book, which will be like a coffee table book. Um, very beautiful, full of my own personal anecdotes mm-hmm. and experiences and practices and um, a breakdown of yoga from my own perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, as inner space styling, as far as inner space styling goes. Um, so yeah, that's it. I mean, there's other things, but yeah, well, that's amazing. And we will (laughs) just, you know, keep looking at the Instagram to see everything that, that Tia is up to because it is just really incredible. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Thank you, Valerie. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you feel moved to share it with someone you think would love it, that would mean so much to me. For show notes, head over to GaiaCenter.co and follow us on Instagram at TheGaiaCenter and at Val K. Martin, V-A-L-K-A-Y Martin. And if you're into animal stuff and delicious vegan food, be sure to check out my other podcast, Vegan and Vibrant. See you next time.